1420 WBSM presents Spooky South Ghost with your hosts Tim Weisberg and Matt Costa. Good evening and welcome to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here, along with the silent assassin Matt Costa and science advisor Matt Moniz, here to talk with you about the paranormal, as we are each and every Saturday night, broadcasting live on WBSM and also on Spooky TV at SpookySouthCoast.com. So if you want to see what's going on in the studio during the show, just go to SpookySouthCoast.com, click on the Spooky TV logo up in the uh, corner, and not only can you see what's going on with the cameras, and we, you know, we have multiple cameras because we're a, we're a full-time uh, media conglomerate here. Uh, we've got multiple camera angles uh, to to please you, and uh, we've also got a chat box there too. If you want to get involved in the chat discussion, which sometimes stays on topic with what we're talking about on the show, and sometimes veers off into some other interesting angles, so it's definitely an interactive way to experience the show. Another good interactive way to experience the show too is to call in, which you can do at any time at five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. One eight seven seven nine nine six fourteen twenty for a toll free call. You can also email us spooky crew at spookysouthcoast.com or you can text us five zero eight four 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 two six six one. That's the number to send us a text and you can email and just whatever whatever you're comfortable with. We want you to be involved. This is your show. We're just here because you know we know how to press the buttons. Well, actually, I should correct that. Matt Costin knows how to press the buttons. When uh, he's not here, it's kind of a Fumbling mess for the rest of us. Almost a train wreck, if you will. So, Speaking of which, uh, Matt Costa, I haven't seen you all week. How, how's your week been going? Oh, it's been long. Yeah. Yep. It just seems like it's... Uh, it's it, Never you, ending. Yeah, you look like you've been having a tough week. It's been a tough uh, few weeks. <laughs> I miss you. <laughs> it's the only time I get to see you anymore is uh, on Saturday nights. But that's all right. We'll make the most of it tonight. And we're going to have a, a great discussion tonight with our guest, Pam Patalano. She's going to talk with us about being a psychic medium. And also we're going to talk a little bit about psychometry, which is something that we haven't talked about much. And uh, for those of you who saw or listened to last week's show, we had Claire the Haunted Doll in here with us. And I heard some stories from people that were listening, especially from our content director, Chris Balzano, that mentioned that there were some issues going on with our camera, with our wide shot camera. Uh, and and with the camera that we had pointed at Claire the doll, which is funny because I mentioned on the show last week that I had her in the room while I was using the same cameras to record my sports show, and when we were using the wide shot camera, which is a, a uh, HD, it's a Microsoft uh, Life Cam, it's HD 1080, you know, it's a it's a pretty high end webcam, and when we were using that, we were getting like this double exposed image, and I guess there was some stuff happening too. Uh, in terms of what was going on last week on Spooky's TV. Now, this week, I used the same cameras to record the sports show, and I didn't bring Claire with me, and everything was fine. We didn't have uh, any issues with the cameras, but I've been having some things happen with her at my house, which is kind of funny. So, uh, you know, we'll get into all that uh, in the book, Haunted Objects, which is coming out soon by myself and Chris Balzano. But uh, (laughs) I say coming out soon. (laughs) Finish soon. Soon to be 
completely written. So it's not too late to get in your stories. If you have any haunted objects that you want to share, just uh, email us, spookycrew at spookysouthcoast.com, and share with us stories of any object that you might have that's haunted, cursed, possessed. You know, maybe you bought it at a yard sale, maybe you bought it at a flea market, and you got more than you bargained for. We'd like to hear about it. In some cases, you can send it to us like, like Jill did with uh, Claire the Doll. And we'll do our best to try to follow up on some of those hauntings. But uh, that's something that we're going to get into tonight with our guest, Pam Patalano. You've probably seen her on Spirit Connections with Tiffany Rice. She's been on there the last few weeks. She also put together that Northern Rhode Island Paranormal uh, Festival that happened last weekend. So let's bring her on. Good evening, Pam. Welcome to Spooky South Coast. How are you doing? Thanks, Tim. Great to have you on the show. Oh, thank you. This time (laughs) we can talk a little bit more in depth than we did last time. Sure, that'd be great. Well, how did the uh, festival go? I've been hearing great things. I've heard nothing but uh, uh, positive response from the people that attended. Oh, that's great. No, I, th- I thought it went really well. We had a, a lot of participation. Um, everybody showed up. We had about um, 250 people come through the door, wow. give or take. Um, uh, the people that spoke were wonderful. Uh, I had, you know, I heard great things about everybody. The rooms were full every time somebody gave a presentation. Um, so, you know, I think it was a great success. Andrew Lake did really well, sold many, many books, and um, he was a happy camper. Well, uh, is this going to be something that you're going to put on annually now or semi-annually? What's the, what's the plan? Um, I, well, I think if we wanted to do it right, I think annual, annually would be great. Um, I've already had a lot of requests of what we're going to do next year, so, um, you know, I think I'm going to get started on that a little earlier than two months ahead of it this time. <laughs> well, now you know that it's coming, yeah, so now you've got time. Exactly. And, uh, you know, just a little plug in here, too, for the South Coast Paranormal and Psychic Fair. They're having another one on April 21st of 2012 here in Fairhaven. So, you know, if people want to get together before next year's Rhode Island Festival, then they can come to that one, too. And hopefully, Pam, you can make it to that one because uh, that gets a lot of the people in this area together, too. Oh, good. I'm, yeah, I'll give it a shot. And then if you, you know, if you have your date already picked for next year, you can promote it then. That sounds good, Tim. All right. So now, when we've uh, when we first started hearing about you was from our friend Andrew Lake, and he was saying that uh, you know he works with you very closely on a lot of his investigations. Yes, he does. Absolutely. And how did that meeting come about? Um, well, I was doing a in, um, a friend of mine in uh, Warwick, Rhode Island, had a haunting in her house, and she had called me to come in and um, see what I could pick up on. Um, and through a mutual friend, uh, Andrew came, and we had a couple of other people there as well. Um, so that was the first time I had ever met him. And, um, you know, it was great. We hit it off, and uh, the investigation went really well. He found a lot of stuff. He called me to tell me what he found, and, um, you know, that was it. It just took off from there. And, uh, you know, we're really good friends, and uh, I admire what he does very professional, um, documents everything, and, you know, make sure it's a fact before he puts it out there for everybody to see. So um, kind of like what I do, too, so I respect that. And, um, you know, you guys all know Andrew, so. Oh, yes, very well. And uh, we know that uh, his opinion of other people in the field, you know, we know that uh, he he takes people at face value. You know, he, he'll, he'll listen to anybody discuss their abilities and he'll listen to people talk about what they can do but he always has that bit of skepticism about it himself and for him to come in and talk about your abilities and to talk about what you can bring to an investigation i i just know that you're the real deal you know just by the way he talks about you (laughs) 
Well, I appreciate that. <laughs> so how, <laughs> how did you first uh, discover that you had uh, these abilities? I mean, was it something that, you, that happened to you by accident, or was it something that you decided that you wanted to develop? Um, no, because I had, I had the ability since I was, um, you know, my first memory is about three years old. Um, and, you know, I was, uh, it was more of like telepathy, so I could hear people's thoughts. Um, and that went on for quite a few years. And, you know, as gradually as I got older, it, it changed. Um, not only did it change, I kept what I had, but I just kept adding more to it mm-hmm. um, so that, you know, I could do telepathy and, um, you know, the um, psychometry came much later. Um, you know, just various other things that I was able to do. Um, so I really didn't do anything with it till I was about, I don't know, 45. And then... Um, it just kept, you know, you try to get out of the path, and it kept dumping itself into the path. So I knew that, that you know, I just had to accept it finally and, um, you know, use it. It was so, great. So, uh, you know, you, you uh, bill yourself as being a psychic medium. Yes. And that means that you have both the ability to see forward and the ability to communicate with the dead, if I'm getting that right? <laughs> yes. Okay. And I know with some people it's, uh, you know, some people say, well, I, I kind of can do either or. Uh, you know, they've kind of been able to develop one over the other. But with you, it's been you've been able to develop both pretty evenly. Oh yeah, absolutely. Are they are they exclusive from one another, or do they work hand in hand with each other? Those those two abilities. Oh no, they work hand they work hand in hand with each other. I mean, um, I can um, you know speak to I don't know. It sounds kind of cliche, but speak to the dead and or the past and. Um, you know, if I'm doing a reading for somebody, if somebody comes through, I can tell them, you know, have a conversation with both of them. And then also, um, you know, it's kind of like a, a movie a movie film. And um, that's what it looks like to me in my head. So, I, you know, I pick pieces of their lives out, what's going on now, what happened yesterday, what they had for breakfast, what they were thinking about last week. Um, so it's, uh, you know, it's kind of, um, I don't know. I don't know. Unless you're in my head, I really can't describe it. But that's the best way I can I can show it to you is like a film strip. Well, um, that's that's what I was going to ask is exactly how it how it manifests for you, and and that's kind of what it is. It's like you're seeing a, a movie playing out. Yeah, when I'm doing a reading for somebody, um, I just make contact. I touch their hands, and that's what I see. Um, sometimes I don't even have to do that. I can just be in somebody's presence, and I'll pick up thoughts, and I'll hear, you know, I'll hear the thought in my head. I won't necessarily have to see anything. I just you know, I'll hear a name or a place, a time, you know, and, and generally I know what person it belongs to. Even if I'm standing in a crowd, I can look at that person and say, you know, who's Adelaide? And they'll be looking at me like, where'd you get that name from? And, um, you know, that's my aunt. I was just thinking about her this morning kind of thing. Um, so, you know, it's pretty interesting. <laughs> so uh, was it something that, uh, you know, as you're working to develop it, did you attend seminars from other people that were teaching about it? Did you read books about it? I mean, what was it that allowed you to develop it? Or was it just practice makes perfect? Well, practice was a lot of it. Um, you know, once I, because I knew I always knew I had it in, in like I said, many different forms. And um, so, you know, I, I would practice. And at first, when I first started doing readings for people, um, it was really awkward, and not so much for me, but for the person, for me to touch them. You know, a lot of people just don't like that. So I started using tarot cards, and, um, you know, it was really, it, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a klutz in real life anyway, so to use tarot cards was really difficult for me mm-hmm. um, because I had to learn what they all meant and, you know, see if it was significant. Finally, I just said, I, I, it, I didn't even need them. 
So I, you know, when I do a reading for somebody, I just put my hands out and they put their hands on mine, and um, that's the way I have to do it. Um, and it's pretty simple. So um, you know, it was practice, a lot of practice. I, I did read a few books. Um, I never took classes from anybody. There was a couple of psychics that I followed um, that I went to, you know, a long time ago. Um, and learned a lot from them just from being in their presence and watching, um, listening to what they have to say and, um, you know, and guidance. They gave me a lot of guidance, so um, that was pretty good. But, you know, no classes. Can I ask you a few questions, Pam? <laughs> Psychically? Oh, well, no. Well, about about your abilities, uh, sure. if I may. Now, you're talking about seeing a movie playing in your head. Several other psychics that I know have said the same thing. Now, my question to you is, number one, do you see it in color or is it black and white? Number two, is the sound also included with it? Um, well, it's, it's, it's color. It's whatever the person thought about or had or whatever. It's, you know, I say if they were... Um, I don't even know how to explain it. If they, you know, were at a baseball game, I would see their view of the baseball game, but it's all in color. Um, the noise ne- isn't necessarily there. Uh, whatever messages need to come through will come through. Uh, so, you know, what, you know what I mean? So it won't be like the whole conversation they had. It'll be whatever message I'm supposed to give them or hear is what I get back. So if you're watching the game, so to speak, you don't hear necessarily the announcer announcing the 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 person that bat or anything you're just getting the emotional response of the person watching the game or something like that something like that or you know if there was a significant part of the game um or a name or something like that that's what i'll get um and it's if if i have a dream a prophetic dream uh then it will then i'll get the whole noise the you know everything um will come through it, it just depends on what kind of message it is or, or exactly what I'm seeing. All right, so it's not specific to just one particular. You're not getting a clip of a movie continuously. Sometimes it'll be the visual image. Sometimes it's more an auditory message. So it's not like one particular thing happens all the time. It's a mixture of things or whatever you know, the, is pertinent. Let's put yes. it that way. Yes. Okay, just trying to help clarify. Thanks, Matt. You're welcome. And when... Um I guess you know with the risk that you would run from try uh, to learn from others and trying to see how others do it is it might put a little bit too much contamination into what's working for you. I mean, obviously, what you have is working, and and by being able to practice it and develop it, it's working. So if you start listening to too many other outside sources telling you how it works for them, then you might start to question how it's happening for you. Right. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Um, because I, I mean, there's so many. Uh, phony people out there uh, that I've run across. (laughs) Actually, I've been on um, a few, um, you know, I've been to a few psychics, and when they're, I end up doing the readings for them at the end of the day, so, you know, (laughs) and I still have to pay them. I haven't done that in a long time, but it's kind of, you know, funny, and you just know. I mean, you just, when I go in, if somebody's psychic like myself, like Tiffany, when Tiffany and I uh, worked together, um, our energy is, you know, we vibrate at a very high level, and when I touch somebody who's psychic or somebody who has the ability, I can feel the vibration. It's kind of like an electrical, like a really small electrical shock. Even if they might not know themselves that they have it? Exactly. Hmm. Absolutely. Yep. 
It's great. You just know. You know, I can stand next to somebody and be like, wow. Like when I did the show last week, I was with Stephanie and I was with Tiffany, and the electricity in the room was just ridiculous. I heard that uh, WCTV was able to turn off all the lights and all the power to the equipment and just run off what you guys were sending out. <laughs> Which is we good. Sa- yeah, sa- saves them on the bill. Yeah, you know, I think President Obama might want to talk to you guys. <laughs> he might have some ideas. But now, uh, when, when For you. A change. <laughs> how do you make the decision then when you realize that this ability is happening and that you are able to utilize it? How do you make the decision then to take it publicly? Oh, well, obviously, you know, that took me a really long time because, you know, I've been working with Andrew for three or four years. And, um, you know, just recently um, I came out <laughs> with it. <laughs> I just posted it on my Facebook this week. About three times I kept taking it off and putting it back on. Um, it's a, it's a, it is a difficult decision because, I mean, I have children and I live in a small town. Um, so, you know, I just... I don't know. It, it, it was. T- I mean, it's. It's. People look at it. Some people look at it and frown upon it. Upon it and don't take it seriously. Mm. And you know, they're witches. They're freaks or whatever. Um, and that's fine. You can call me whatever you want. I, I don't really care. But you know, I, I worried about my kids. So um, you know, my, now my kids know and they accept it and they talk about it and they think it's cool. And a couple of my kids already have the ability. Um, so really? you know, yeah, they do. Um, so it, you know, I, so I, so I, so I came out of the closet, so to speak. <laughs> and was that, was that a, a weight lifted from you? Um, I'm still nervous about it, actually, uh, even though I practice and I, you know, do readings for people and, um, I'm working on a couple of investigations with police right now. Um, yeah, I'm still nervous about it, so. <laughs> but, so, and here we are throwing you on the radio and making you talk about it even more. That's okay. I made myself do it because I knew that, you know, the, the more I get out there, the easier it'll become. Sure. Well, it seems like you're in the middle of a media blitz here lately <laughs> with Tiffany's show and our show. and <laughs> So now uh, now there's no turning back. No, that's okay. That's okay. This is the way it's supposed to be. So here I am. So now do you offer these services? You know, Do you do readings at a, at a local shop, or is there a way people can get a hold of you if they want to, to have a reading from you? Um, yeah, I have. Um, you can go onto my Facebook page um, and send me a message. Uh my phone number is really not listed there, so that's fine. Um, and Or oh, they could call your TV station, and I can give you my phone number. That works, uh, too. However they, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I do readings. Uh, mostly I go to people's houses because I don't, um, you know, don't want to do it out of my own home. People bring energy, and, and you know, and some energy I don't want in my house. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I would just rather go to their homes and, and um, give them a reading. And I know... Somebody's bound to call in before the end of the show and uh, and ask for a reading over the air. Now, we didn't talk about that, and it sounds like you know that might be something maybe we can do down the line, but it doesn't sound like something we should really get into tonight just because of uh, how much we have to talk about. Right. No, no, I'd prefer not to anyway. Good. Because uh, I, f- I think that uh, there's so much that we need to cover, and when we start offering people readings on the air, then what happens is everybody calls in for them, and then we don't have a chance to actually cover all the topics that I want to hit. Plus, she should more than likely take her uh, time to prepare to do it anyway. Yeah, yeah. So we kind of sprung this, this yeah. appearance on her earlier. <laughs> That's okay. That's all right, um, though, because we knew that we wanted to talk with you because there there is uh, so many interesting cases that you have worked on. And, and a lot of these places that you went with 
uh, Andrew for for the book for his book uh, Ghost Hunting Southern New England. They're they're public places. They're pl- places that people can go and places that people might have had their own experiences. Out of all those places that you went with with Andrew for the book, what stands out to you as being the 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 place that impacted you the most? You mean of 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 the ones that were in the book? Well, even even so, even, just any public place that you uh, investigated with Andy that just really stood out to you as a, a place where there was uh, quite a amount of spirit activity happening. Um, well, he's got a couple of things that we did. We did um, we did the Victorian Mansion um, last year, and that was full. That was just chuck full of um, spirits and you know um, energy. Um, some of it not necessarily good. Some of it was okay. Um, so we, you know, we had a lot of hits, um, and that was pretty interesting because you know the owners were with us when we were going through the house, and and they didn't even they couldn't even verify some of the information. But later on down the line, you know, I, I spoke to them, and they had called me as well to let me know what was going on, and um, you know, some of the things were pretty ironic. Um, and the other place that we went to was the. Um, the Stillwater Antiques in um, Smithfield, Rhode Island, mm-hmm. and um, you know we hit on a lot of a lot of things there. Um, and I'm still in contact with the owners. I go there, you know, at least once a month to check up on things because um, it's pretty evolving there. Um, and the other place that we were together was um, I'm the Ramtail. Oh yeah, which, which I'm sure you've heard Andrew talk about a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I had gone there, I, I had no idea where he was taking me. As usual, I just asked him not to tell me anything. Um, and he's so leading just, you out into the woods. <laughs> <laughs> he did. He led me out into the woods, and we were walking, and, you know, he's just like, you know, took me to this big um, pool, so to speak, in in the woods. And, you know, um, I could see there was about, I don't know, 12 bodies piled up, one on top of the other. And the the last one was a you know a girl with a white dress on, and she was the last one to die, uh, or to drown there. Um, and I'm giving him all this information, and and I said you know it was really hard because it, um, a long time ago it was a lot deeper, and you know people got stuck in this really yucky mud and they couldn't get out, and that's mostly how they drown in that place. And you know later on he verified all this information and. Um, you know, like you said, Andrew was a skeptic at the beginning, and every time I would have a hit, I would turn around to him and go, do you believe me now? <laughs> you know, so it was kind of... But after that one, he was like, okay, you're legit. <laughs> because, it, you know, it, he verified the information, so... Well, if, uh, if anybody has any questions for Pam, uh, you can give us a call, 508-996-0500, 1-877-996-1420. have a question from the chat room. Uh, the Paranormal Pirate wants to know if you can expand at all on any of the work that you've done with police departments. I mean, I know specific cases you can't talk about, but maybe you can give us an idea of how it is that you came to work with them and and uh, and, and how it works. Um, okay, well, I can give you a, one of the uh, one of the local ones that uh, this was probably about four or five years ago. Um, there was a um, a high speed. Uh, chase between the Smithfield and the North Providence Police Departments, and um, the car that they were chasing smashed into a sign um, at one of the local parks here in town. And um, from their description, they couldn't decide who was driving the car. Um, the One of the people in the car had been ejected because it hit so hard. I think he was going 130 miles an hour. Ooh, wow. And then the um, you know the other person survived. 
Um, but they were harassing the other person. He was in the hospital. After he got out of the hospital, they put him in jail because they thought he was driving the car. And it was actually my daughter and myself. Um, my daughter had a uh, dream about it the next night and didn't even know about the accident. And she, she told me, she said, Mom, you know, she goes, this guy was in my dream. And, you know, I was walking by the park at the end of the street, and he turned around, and, you know, half of his face was, was missing. Um, and she could see all the bones inside his face. Um, and I said, she goes, I think it was a car accident, and she was trying to describe it to me. I mean, she was young at the time. She was probably, you know, 13, 14. And then the police had contacted me and said, you know, can you, can you help us? Can you tell us who was driving the car? And I did. I told them who was driving the car. It was the guy who got ejected. And they didn't believe it. I think it went on for, like, two years. And finally, uh, through forensics, they proved that it was the person that died that was driving the car. So this poor guy was in jail all this time for no, for no reason. Wow. Um, so, you know, but it's, it, unfortunately, you know, I mean, it, they, they take the psychic information with a grain of salt. Um, so, But they do, they do ask for it, which is uh, impressive <laughs> enough. Well, some, some of the police officers, will, police officers will ask for it, but they can't tell anybody they're working with a psychic because, you know, they'll get razzed at yeah. work, obviously. Um, so they have to say that they got this information, you know, through a different channel. Um, you know, I don't know how they back it up, certainly, because if they're not using the, you know, if they're not telling them they got it from me or somebody else. Um, but, and there have been a couple of other cases and, um, you know. One that, we worked on together here. Yes, yes. And I guess I'm not at liberty to talk about that one, so I won't. Um, yeah, we can, can't. No, I know. That's okay. That's why I brought the other one up. <laughs> okay. but, but, I mean, just, just the fact that, you know, you're right. They they probably would get razzed, but they're still willing to take that in. Because sometimes when, when you're hitting a dead end and there's there's nowhere else to go, you know, it's worth exploring whatever information a, a psychic might be able to provide. Right, right. All right, well, um, we have a call on the line here. Sure. Let's take this call. Good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast with our guest, Pam Padalano. How are you doing? I'm doing well. This is Keith. Hey, Keith. How are you doing? Good. I'm doing fine, and I just uh, want to say we had a great time last Sunday at uh, Pam's uh, convention there, and it was it was a fine time, and she did a great job, and a fine time was had by all. Thank you, Keith. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. She put, put on a on a great time, and uh, we all enjoyed it. And of course, it was great uh, getting to to speak and to also listen to uh, Pam and Tiffany talk. That was very. Uh, very interesting and, and captivating, and um, you know it was a really, really uh, attractive presentation. Everybody got along very well, and uh, it was great seeing Andy Lake there, of course. Uh, you know, well, Keith, have, have, have you yeah. utilized psychics on on your investigations? You know, we generally don't work with psychics, um, but if another group, you know, the only time we've worked through psychics is if uh, somebody in another group happens to be working with them and we're assisting that group. Um, mm-hmm. we, we generally don't call psychics in, but uh, there was um, one time years ago we were at an inn in uh, Connecticut and um, somebody, Sandra had, I think we're all psychic to a certain extent, obviously we all have that. Oh, sure. To a greater or lesser extent, but uh, Sandra had felt like an energy pull um on the uh, bathroom fr- threshold, the room we're in, and um, there happened to be a sensitive with us, and she said, uh, we, without telling her, she said she felt the same exact thing. She felt like there was a, um, almost like a, an invisible tube where uh, entities were coming and going, and we did get 
an EVP right in that uh, right in that section there. Because you know, as you know as well as I do, bathrooms are haunted, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a, it's an energy source. It's a running water and everything like that. So, and um, I don't know if anything had happened in this particular uh, you know stretch between the uh, room and the bathroom, but uh, we did get an EVP telling us to get out. So. Well, uh, I know whenever anybody tells me to get out of the bathroom, I, I listen. Yes, right. Usually they have a good reason. <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> Don't nobody go in there about 35, 45 minutes. But, uh, I mean, but it's probably the same, same way that we look at it, though, Keith, where it's, uh, you know, somebody that has these abilities, it's, it's just another way to verify some of the data that you're already getting. If, if you're yeah. getting hits on some of the equipment that you use or if you're getting hits, you know, through EVP and then they're able to kind of come through and provide you some of the backstory of why you're getting that data. I just and, got and the that. way I look at it, if somebody is uh, has you know feelings, uh, they're intuitive. They can point at um, at an area, saying, "I'm I'm feeling some something or somebody's there." Mm-hmm. That's where we'll, we'll we will go there and actually uh, go to that section and actually take recordings, uh, audio, temperature, EMF, and uh, visual. You know, uh, we'll take photographs and uh, video, all sorts of things. And, um, you know, we might, the worst that can happen is we get nothing. At the best, we get an EVP or some other uh, tangible evidence. So, uh, you know, I think that uh, it can certainly point us in the right way at times. You know, I'd like like to ask Pam, uh, how, I know you were just talking about this, but how how accepting is the uh, general uh, public, say, as opposed to five years ago with somebody who has uh, intuition? Oh, um, definitely it's much better. I mean, it's, you know, five years ago was probably still you couldn't talk about it too much. But um, now I can actually have a conversation with a regular, um, I don't want to say a regular person, but, um, you know, a regular, I have to say a regular person, um, and they'll listen, and they come out with their experiences with, you know, spirits and ghosts and things like that or or things that have happened because of their intuition, uh, information they've gotten, you know, things like that. So um, it's definitely a more positive. We're going in the right direction with it. Great. Mm-hmm. I'd really like to get you into Slater Mill at some time. <laughs> okay. You, I'd like to do that you have, sometime. You have to be careful on the ghost tours, though, because uh, the way... Because my brother usually leads the ghost tours, my brother Carl, and um, what you do, you know, he likes to get the uh, visitors going. Because most of them are not paranormal investigators. They're Mm. just, you know, out to have a good time with some thrills. And uh, so he tells them some basic things of, you know, the basic things of what's been experienced in the different buildings and whatnot. But I'd like to go in with somebody who's intuitive and see what they pick up on without being told anything at all. You know, just aside from the general history, the historic history of the buildings. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I like to go in with somebody that's uh, totally uncontaminated and uh, doesn't know any of the history of the haunts, whatever. So the psychic phenomena. So uh, that would that would be truly interesting, I think. Well, I can I can definitely do that. And and the one good thing is, um, you know, I don't I don't just do a like a sounds like name. I get names. I mean, I get actual names. So, um, you know, I think that's. I mean, I love that part of it because we can. It's so easy to verify information that way when you actually have a name. You know, right, or the or the correct information from the other side, should I say? 
Of course, some of these right. haunts, though, it's it's kind of like uh, jury selection. You know, it's hard to find someone that's never heard about some of these more historic cases. That's right. That's true. That's true. So um, I like to uncontaminate somebody as uh, as much as possible. Yeah, Pam, don't don't go to the Slater Mill website. Don't watch the Ghost Hunters episode. Don't listen to when we talked about it here on Spooky South Coast. <laughs> right. I won't. I well, promise. I'll, I'll tell you, the, the Ghost Hunters episode is not necessarily what we experienced there. Yeah. So, um, so I, I think that that can... Uh, you know, you don't have to even pay attention to that, you know, because it's, it's just not what we experience. So, no, I, I don't actually. I don't even watch Ghost Hunters, but you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> why start now? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, All thanks. Right. thanks. I'm sorry. What's, Keith, what's the first and second season? You know, because uh, that's that's when I'm on it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Before it went okay, commercial. Well, Yep, great, great talking to you guys. Oh, great hearing from you as always. And uh, I was just telling Chris that we have to have you come on sometime to be our guest for the full time because uh, that stuff you were telling me about at the uh, uh, South Coast Paranormal and Psychic Fair, I, I definitely want to do an episode where we can talk about all that. Oh, yes, definitely. We will arrange that. Sounds good. All right, well, take care, Keith. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, talk to you soon. Take care now. Tell Sandra we said hi. I certainly will. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hi. That is uh, Keith Johnson of New England Anomalies Research. You can check him out on uh, his website, nearparanormal.com, and check out his show, Ghosts Are Near. And, uh, and Pam, you know, maybe uh, I'm sure he'll have you as a guest on his show sometime, too, so we'll continue the media blitz for you. <laughs> Thanks, Tim. Well, one of the things that I want to talk about, uh, we've got about uh, seven minutes here before the end of the first hour. And uh, in the second hour, I definitely want to get more into the idea of psychometry because that's something that we haven't really talked about here on the show. But uh, before we let you go for the news break, I I want to talk more about when you said that your children actually have developed these abilities. They've shown, uh, you know, psychic abilities. And how do you deal with that, not just as another psychic, but as a mom? How do you decide whether or not you let them develop that further? and, and, And how do you talk to them about that when it happens because i mean puberty is hard enough for a parent you know the regular parts of growing up are hard enough how do you add this into all of that uh, well my my oldest daughter which well, is probably going to kill me for doing this but um she actually sees or hears these spirits as they you know at right after they died like the like the kid in the car accident they'll show themselves like they died how they died um so, um, you know, that was really hard for her because she would, you know, have, she thought it was, she was having dreams and she would wake up and, you know, see these people. Um, I mean, she's away at college and she still experiences this. Um, she doesn't accept it yet, mm-hmm. which is fine because I, you know, I, everybody, everybody's time will present itself when it's supposed to. I, I can't push her to do it if she's not ready to because um, it won't work for her that way, um, you know, so... You know, I tell her, Alex, you know what, it's okay. Oh, excuse me, I didn't mean to say her name. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, she's really going to kill me. <laughs> um, but, I, but I, you know, I just try to let her know it's, it's fine. You know, if you, someday you will accept it, but if you're not, you know, you don't want to accept it right now, that's fine too. So, I mean, I really can't give her any better advice than that. Um, and my youngest, who has it as well his is very you know he's got uh telepathy um and he had it from the time he was a small small child he had asperger's um but which wasn't diagnosed until he was seven but when he was very young um you know because i'm you know i'm i can't even say this word telepathic um you know i could hear his thoughts all the time and um he didn't even talk until he was well after two years old but you know um he could 
use the telepathy to communicate with me. And as he got older, and when he started to talk, he said, "Mom, you don't." He goes, "You don't have to. Um, you don't have to say anything." He goes, "I know what you're thinking." And you know, it's that always. He always says that to me all the time. So that just verifies that you know that he is what I always thought that he was. Um, so for him. I mean, he's going to have to wait till he's a lot older to accept it, obviously. Um, but, you know, he has strong memory of it from when he was a tiny baby, so um, like I did, the same way. So I, I, I'm not really worried about it. When the time comes, you know, I'll have the conversation with him, too. Um, but, you know, two out of five isn't bad. You have five kids? I have five kids. That sounds like my family. It was uh, five kids when I was growing up. But. <laughs> That that brings up a, a real quick question, and if you don't want to get any further into it, that's fine too. But it's something that we've talked about here on the show. Do you feel that your son having the Aspergers has kind of uh, made these abilities stronger in some ways? Because you know whatever uh, limitations there might be in the normal sense, you know whatever issues there might be, uh, this telepathy can kind of overcome them. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's. Uh I, well, because the kids with Aspergers, I mean, they, you know, they function on a different level, mm-hmm. just like psychics do. I mean, he, his vibration is a lot higher than the other kids, as a, as my older daughter is, so which allows him to, um, you know, I don't know, look through the blinds at the other plane, so to speak, um, so he can see what's going on and he can hear what's going on. Um, so, yeah, I, I believe it has a lot to do with it. Um, so, you know, I, I mean, I'm okay with it. This is the way he is, and, um, you know... Someday he'll be able to use use it all together, not just the Asperger part of it, but, you know, um, because, I mean, he's a really smart kid. He, his social skills are horrible. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, you know, um, you know, math and Legos and whatever, throw it at him, and he'll, he'll take it on. So this is just one more thing to add to it. And, you know, he doesn't know he's any different from anybody else, so I'm not going to tell him. I just wonder how much it might help. Uh, you know, people that have uh, the, these types of uh, afflictions to have somebody around them that is telepathic. I mean, the problem is, is you have parents that say, well, you know, my child doesn't communicate. Well, maybe he does, but maybe he's trying to do it in a different fashion and you're just not perceptive to it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's, I mean, Andrew and I work with a, a boy who has um, autism and he's, he's pretty, you know, pretty autistic. He's pretty high up there on the scale and he is very, um, very psychic. I mean, he can go into, I mean, he, he, this woman, this house that we investigate all the time, this woman takes care of this boy, and he sees the spirits in the house before anybody else does, and they talk to him. He'll have, sit down and have conversations with them. So, yeah. I, you know, he can see them, and that's pretty amazing to me. I think that's, I think it's great. We got about a minute here, but I'll give you a quick example. There's, there's somebody that I know who I haven't, I don't know very well, and, uh, you know, we, we live near each other, and we haven't known each other for very long, but she was in an accident. She was in a situation where now she can only just repeat her name over and over again. That's all she can do to communicate. Mm-hmm. But yet everybody that talks to her can still understand what it is that she's trying to say, even though all she can say is her name over and over again. It's just one of those situations where, you know, the inference is there and, the you know, it's almost like you're making a telepathic connection. So it definitely goes uh, it definitely goes without saying that people can communicate without having to use the words if they're open to it. so. Oh, absolutely. I agree with that. Right, well, we are going to take a break for the news, but when we come back on the other side, we'll talk more with Pam Padalano, our guest tonight. We'll also take your calls at 508 996 
1-877-996-1420. We're going to talk about psychometry. We're going to talk about being able to use objects to get an impression. We also want to hear about uh, any objects that you might have that carry those vibrations, too, so you can give us a call with that. And uh, also coming up uh, on the other side of the news, I'm going to tell you about an upcoming craft fair that we're looking for vendors for. I know that there's numerous people out there that are skilled and talented. Our friend Christina from Dragon Scale Miniatures uh, got a hold of me today to take part in this event. So it's something that my wife's putting together, and uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about that when we come back. So basically, you know, Moniz, if you want to start learning a craft, you've got about two weeks. between. <laughs> How now, about witch? Popsicle sticks. You know, you can make some popsicle sticks. I'm more partial to witch. Okay. We'll be back in a minute. Just a minute, ladies and gentlemen. I think something is happening. Allow me to reintroduce myself. Spooky South Coast is back. This is very unusual. We don't even know what the impact is of what we did. Look, I know the supernatural is something that isn't supposed to happen, but it doesn't. Welcome back. Our number two of Spooky South Coast, Tim Weisberg here, along with the silent assassin, Matt Costa. And science advisor Matt Moniz broadcasting live on WBSM and on Spooky TV at SpookySouthCoast.com. And speaking of which, if you're on SpookySouthCoast.com right now, you can check out this hat that my wife knits. She made this for me like three or four years ago, and it still is awesome. It keeps my head warm. I wear it to all the football games that I cover, uh, all the high school games that I cover, and everybody always compliments me on it wants to know more about it. Well, my wife knits them, and she has them available for sale. So if you want to purchase one, they're 15 to $20, depending on how many colors you want. Mine's got the nice three three colors. But uh, I bring this up because it's a segue into the upcoming uh, Village PTA Craft Fair at the Minot Forest School on December 3rd. It's a Saturday morning, uh, well, Saturday all day, and they're looking for crafters. The tables are $30, so if you have a unique craft, I, I was telling my wife, she's like, you don't have to promote it on the show. You know, we'll find crafters. It, it's it's not that big of a deal, even though, you know, it's a couple weeks away and they need crafters. But she's like, don't worry about it. And I said, no, no, no. I want to bring it to the Spooky South Coast audience because so many of them have unique talents and abilities and different things that they make. And, you know, so many of our friends have uh, businesses where they uh, put together this stuff. Or some people just have a talent for it and they don't really get it out there. And maybe now is the time. So if you're uh, interested in getting a hold of her, you can email her at Jennifer underscore Grawl. That's G-R-A-U-L at yahoo.com or you can just email me spooky crew at spooky south com. get a hold of me on facebook and uh, we'll get the information over but again I, I encourage you out there if you have a talent if you have a product that you make to definitely get out there and take part because it's a fun the, ho- the holiday fair is fun anyway and i'm especially glad because i found out i don't have to dress up as santa claus for this one <laughs> i do for a couple other events that are going to be coming too but uh, i don't have to do well it. you are a jolly old elf yes well, that's the problem is I'm an elf. I'm like the size of an elf, so it doesn't really work when I'm Santa Claus for older kids. But, you know, as long as they're like kindergartners, first graders, then they buy it. You know, they're not quite as tall as me yet, but uh, they're getting there. So, again, just, just get a hold of me, and uh, and I'll let you know more information about that. And, Moniz, you've got uh, those... those uh, Ghost tours going on at Lizzie Borden's, too. I I hear those are going like crazy. Absolutely insane. Uh, Like I said, I'm doing them every weekend now, um, 12.30 and 2.30 every day on Saturday and Sunday, and it's just phenomenal. I I keep getting more and more reports from other people that have been there 
reports of stuff happening during the week. You know, uh, I I get people that leave information there, and it, it's just becoming uh, outrageous. I mean, there was somebody that left a photograph that was there on August fifth, the day after the uh, the anniversary. Mm-hmm. Got a face in one of the windows upstairs that uh, one of the best facial shots I've seen. And, and not touching that one? Yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean... He realizes up, it was yeah, coming right out of his mouth? Yeah, unfortunately. Again, not touching that one either. <laughs> Sorry. But, uh, yeah, it, it's one of these things where it's, like, phenomenal, the the response. And uh, for basically 15 bucks, we go through every single room of the house, including the basement, and you get all of the paranormal stories. I'm actually going to turn this into a multimedia thing. I'm going to start including all of the videos and... Uh, and as well as uh, EVP stuff with people that donate and the stuff that I have. And 12 and 230, is that what you said? Yeah, 1230 and 230. 1230 and 230, $15, Saturdays and Sundays. Yeah, kids are 10 bucks. And if they want to reserve a spot, they can call Lizzie Borden's at 508 675 7333. That's the number to reserve your spot there. And uh, definitely, if you haven't been there, this is the perfect, you know. When you take the historical tour, they don't have time to tell you about the ghosts because the historical tour itself takes takes up uh, the entire tour. So this is a good way to find out about some of the paranormal phenomena going on there. So definitely check that out. And, of course, they have to do that if they want to know because they can't go to Dead of Winter because it's sold out. Well, they're also going to be offering an, another, like, mini paranormal things. And uh, starting in about another week or two, they're going to open the house for paranormal investigators from basically 6 to midnight, $35 a person, okay, gets you in the house with a limit of 20 people, which is not bad. You get six hours in the house to roam around for, you know, for 35 bucks. There will be people in there to supervise, uh, like myself or Andrew Lake or and stuff like that, but that's just to prevent... You know, people from camping out in a room and, you know, staking claim to it for a night. is like, no, we'll share it, but you'll have your time to, to do stuff in each room. All right. And uh, so, let me try and get that going. Uh, we, we've talked about this. Oh, there we go. I didn't know you were ready. Flashback. Going old school here. The Week in Weird. All right. See, we were out of practice with The Week in Weird there. (laughs) Our timing was a little bit off. Uh, It has been asked to come back, and I don't know if it's going to come back full-time, but we've got a great story for it uh, this week. This caught my eye as I was getting ready to leave the house to come to the studio. This comes from, uh, actually, this comes from the Associated Press, which is uh, especially impressive since they're talking about their own mistake here. An Associated Press reporter mistook an impersonator of actor Christopher Walken on a sports talk radio program Friday for Walken himself, leading the news cooperative to include comments mistakenly attributed to the actor in its coverage of the Natalie Wood death investigation. The AP corrected the story about an hour later and told its members not to use the incorrect information. The radio station, a Washington, D.C.-based ESPN station, informed the AP that the Walken impersonator appears weekly to discuss sports-related topics for a humorous segment. Walken, of course, has a distinctive staccato style of speaking. Walken was sharing a yacht with Wood and her husband, actor Robert Wagner, when the actress drowned on November 29, 1981. 
the death was ruled an accident, but this week authorities in Los Angeles reopened their investigation into Wood's death based on new information, but it said, of course, that Wagner is not a suspect. The walk-in impersonator Mark Stern appeared Friday afternoon on the Sports Fix, an afternoon talk show hosted by Kevin Sheehan and Tom Lavero. Chuck Sapenzia, the program director for the ESPN station, told the AP on Friday evening that Stern has made regular Friday appearances impersonating walk-in during the past few football seasons. While playing walk-in, Stern gives fantasy football advice and sometimes discusses other topics. It's not set up as real. It's not like we're trying to fool anybody, Sapenzia said. We say it's the person on the air, but we never believe that somebody actually thinks that the person's actually there. After the story was published, the AP reporter phoned the station and left a message. A station employee called back to say a walk-in impersonator, not the actor, had been on the air. And uh, during Friday's appearance, Sheehan asked Stern about the Wood case, and Stern impersonating walk-in replied, We had a lot to drink that night. There was Zambuca. There was shouting. There was tragedy. That's all I remember. The walk-in impersonator, usually my walk-in's better than that, too, by the way. The walk-in impersonator added that he went to bed after reading one of the Hardy Boys novels and awoke to learn that Wood was dead. The AP incorporated those comments into its story Friday afternoon, attributing them to walk-in, but they said that it was a mistake in a later statement. So there you go. Doesn't get any weirder than that. If you can't get the real Christopher Walken to contribute for a story, then, hey, just quote the impersonator. That's what we do when we want to get Matt Moniz for anything. We just go with the Matt Moniz impersonators because he's just too busy to get a hold of. <laughs> so there you go. There we have it. The Week in Weird for this week. Hey, if you want to contribute a story, just send it to us, Spooky Crew at SpookySouthCoast.com. Maybe we'll use it. I don't know. People want the segment to come back. I, I could be down with it. Yeah. I think part of the problem is, though, is uh, you know we've got so much show now and so little time to do it. So let's get right back into things. With our guest, Pam Padalano, she is uh, joining us on the phone to talk about her abilities as a psychic medium. And one of the things that she is able to do is the practice of psychometry, and that's what we want to talk to her about uh, here for the remainder of the show. Pam, can you just explain to people what psychometry is for those that don't know? Um, Basically, um, I refer to it as um, object recognition. So when you touch an object, you get a reading off of it. Um, so it's basically like touching somebody's hand. Um, you know, I'll get a reading. If there was an emotion attached to that piece, then I'll know. So how does it's you... like a residual haunting for a psychic? Um, I wouldn't call it a residual haunting because it's, um, you know, it's, it's, it's ongoing. It's not the same thing all the time. You know, I can pick up different um, uh, movie clips from it, so to speak, like I, like I explained before. Um, so it's not the same. It's not the same picture over and over and over again. You know, there's a story attached to it. I mean, how did that ability come to you? Uh, how does it come to me? Yeah, like you know, explain the process of when when you hold an object, what actually happens to you? Um, well, it's basically the same as holding somebody's hand. So I, you know, I pick up an object, um, I close my hands around it, or I just touch it. Uh, and um, I start getting images. If, some, if, there, if there was an emotion attached to it, if somebody loved that object or, you know, killed somebody with it or whatever, I can touch it and I'll see it. Um, the same way as, I, as if I touch somebody's hand, it will be a, um, you know, sometimes I'll hear a message without seeing anything, and most often, though, I'll see um, the film of, of what was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if you need specific examples, I can, I can give you specific well, examples. Yeah, sure, that'd be great. Um, 
uh, I have I have a friend of mine uh, a few years ago who was um, she didn't know she was sick, but um, she was having hauntings in her house, and this was up in um, uh, Middle Middleborough, Massachusetts. Um, she lived in a house that was built by the students of Frank Lloyd Wright. Um, so it wasn't an old house; it was probably built in the fifties, forties, or fifties. Um, but it was a very um, very haunted house. Her her sons. Excuse me. Would uh, see shadows at night, um, see feet under the door, you know, different things like that. So she called me in because she was upset because her her son was having a really difficult time uh, adjusting to seeing all these <laughs> entities and spirits in the house. Um, so you know, basically, I had gone there for, for that to see what I could find out. Um, so you know, we and Andrew was with me at the, at that particular investigation. Um, so. We had a long conversation with her. You know, I went through the house. Um, there definitely was something there. Um, it, would, it just kind of hovered up in the corners. It wouldn't come down. It wouldn't talk to me. It wouldn't say anything. Um, so we went into her basement, and um, she handed me a, a gold bracelet that had belonged to her boyfriend. And um, she said that every time she wore the bracelet, she would just feel awful. It would just make her feel really bad. Um, you know, and she didn't know why, if there was anything associated with it. So I held it, and I sat down on the couch, and immediately I was taken uh, to a lake, and um, I could, I was, uh, I could see the man that the bracelet belonged to. So I was looking at this whole scene through his eyes, and he was showing me how he died. Actually, he um, took me into the into this boat with two of his friends um, into the into this lake that they were fishing on. Um, you know, and the boat tipped over, um, and he showed me, and this doesn't usually happen, but he pulled me under like he had drowned. His feet got stuck in heavy, um, I don't know if it's seaweed or whatever was at the bottom, and there was that sticky mud, and he couldn't get out, and his friends couldn't get him out. They were trying to pull him up. Um, I was, you know, I was having difficult uh, time breathing. Um, I mean, he took me through the whole thing. Um and finally, you know, at the end of it, um, it was, I couldn't, I was, I was really upset because, I mean, I just witnessed how somebody actually drowned. And um, that was really hard, you know, because I had to come out of it and explain this to the people who were staring at me going through this whole thing, which was Andrew and, the, and this woman, um, this friend of mine. And so she said, I'm not sure it, how, if that, you know, happened. She goes, let me call the person who gave me the bracelet. So he, she did, and um, this guy's name was Jim. And so she, I'm, I'm getting on the phone with him, and I'm giving him all this information. I said, Jim, this is what I saw. And I said, his name is Ken. And, you know, and, I, and he, he was like almost, he was so choked up, and he said, that was my friend Ken. He goes, he gave me this bracelet. And he goes, he died in a boating accident. He drowned. He got stuck at the bottom. They couldn't get him out. Um, so... You know, but it happens like that a lot with objects. I mean, I you know, I can hold something. I might get a couple of things. I might get a whole story like that. Uh, so that's that's basically how psychometry works. I mean, sometimes, you know, I'll touch something and it will just be, you know, somebody loved a book and, you know, I'll get the person's name and the era that they lived, um, you know, how long they had the book for. I don't necessarily see how they died, but, you know, um, their strongest emotion was attached to it. They loved this object. So that's the period of their life that I will say. Um, I, I got a question for you, Pam. Sure, Matt. How, 
how is it when you deal with common objects that lots of people hold, say like with money, when you're exchanging coins or, or bills back and forth, d- does that become an issue when being a person that's uh, dealing with psychometry? You know, or do you, do you have the ability to just shut it off? Or oh yeah, I can I can I I can protect myself against it if I you know I don't want to see it. I mean, when I'm in a hurry, sometimes I forget to put my shield up, so to speak, and you know that's when I if I'm in a crowd, it's um it's really it's difficult. You know that everything comes in from all angles. Um, I had um, this man touch me once. He just brushed against my shoulder a few years back, and he was an older guy. Um, he had a suit on, and I could see him immediately in, in his coffin laid out, you know, and it was just, that was, some of those images are just so horrific that you have to, you know, I had to step back and go find a place just to center myself and put my shield up so that I wouldn't have to deal with that anymore. But, um, yeah, money isn't a big issue um, because, People don't, you know, keep it in, keep it forever. They don't love that particular dollar bill. Um, I mean, there are occasions when there is an emotion attached to it, but in general, I really don't get anything from, um, you know, situations like that unless I le- unless I allow myself to. Unless it's a hundred dollar bill, <laughs> somebody really loves that. So <laughs> I think we all do. <laughs> all right. Well, we have a call on the line. Uh, good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast with Pam Padalano. How you doing? I'm not too bad. How are you guys doing? Oh, it's spectacular. Oh, that's great. Um, Pam, I had a quick question. Um, with the psychometry, you were talking about the touching and everything. Has there ever been a, an occasion where you've gone and touched, like, another person or something and seen something that, let's say, you didn't actually want to see or something about that person that was really kind of not very nice? Um, yeah, that happens all the time. I mean, even through readings with people, um, you know, I'll pick up things like like that and... Um, you know, it's up to me to decide whether to, to bring it to their attention or not. Um, so, you know, it comes with a lot of responsibility. But, yeah, that stuff happens all the time, all the time. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thank You're you welcome. for the call. Yep. All right. I mean, I, I just wonder, is it, I know that you said that you can kind of shield yourself from this, but what happens when you go to like a, a flea market or a yard sale or something? Do you keep it on and kind of just see what some of the stories are behind some of these things that you might be buying? I mean, it, it must be great when somebody's telling you a history of something that you're looking to buy and you're not quite buying it and you can kind of just hold it and, and get the true story for yourself. Uh, yeah, I mean, when I go to antique shops and, you know, places like that, you're right. I, I keep my shield down um, and... Excuse me for one second. Excuse me. Um, so that, that I can touch objects and see where they come. Because if I'm buying an antique or an old piece of um, furniture, I, you bet I want to know where it was and if it has anything attached to it. This so was George want... Washington's mirror. <laughs> I went to um, the Situate Art Festival a few years ago, and um, I picked up... Matt, I told you the story yeah. um, a few weeks ago, but I had picked up a necklace because it was it was pretty, and you know as soon as I picked it up, I got an image. I knew it was uh, I saw a host, a horse drawn um, carriage, and there was an oil lamp light, and there had been snow on the ground, and it felt um, european i don 't know how I knew that, but I did um, and there was a little girl in the carriage she was probably like fourteen or fifteen um, you know it was she had a, a long dress on and 
so anyway, after I, um, you know, I kind of laughed to myself, and I had asked the owner of the uh, piece of jewelry. I said, you know, do you do you know where this came from? And you know, he just reiterated back to me what I already knew, and uh, he just kind of looked at me funny, you know. And I laughed, and I just put it down and walked away. And but yeah, that's kind of a, I guess it's kind of cheating, but it works for me, so I'm going to use it. And I, I mean, how how deep would that ability you use? I mean, if I, if somebody handed you a uh, autograph picture of Michael Jordan, could could you be able to tell if that's an authentic autograph? Yes. Oh, yeah. If he touched it, I'll know. I, I would know. I mean, not you know, hundred percent of the time, but mm-hmm. you know, eighty five percent of the time, I would know. Absolutely. Well, I think uh, you know, next summer, don't make any plans on Saturdays and Sundays because you're coming yard sailing with me. <laughs> <laughs> you got it, Tim. You got it. Because I do, I do find some it's pretty. Uh, some this pretty baseball good card real. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I do find some good deals. So it's kind of like you're, you're like that extra level of protection to sell things on eBay. You know, like yeah, I can give them certified. I can give them the certificate of authentication and the certificate of psychometry. So there you go. <laughs> there you go. So when uh, well, we do have a call on the line. So let's take that. Before I ask another one. Good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast with Pam Padalano. How are you doing? Hey, it's uh, Mark from Easton. How are you doing? Hey, Mark. How's it going? Good. I was just wondering if you could take her out to the Freetown State Forest, and maybe she could uh, go to the you know the, the visitor center and where the, the arson was committed, and see if you could figure that out. Would there have to be a high level of emotional content for her to be able to get a read? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I, except I didn't hear the whole thing. It was a little muffled. He was, I'm sorry. He was mentioning the uh, the visitor center in the Freetown State Forest, the Wampanoag Visitor Center that burned down because of uh, arson. And he was wondering if you would be able to go there and be able to uh, get the idea of who did it because that case is still unsolved and if you'd be able to get some kind of image of who might have been behind it. Sure, I could do that. Absolutely. I've never been to the Freetown State Forest. I've heard a lot about it, but, um, yeah, I could do that. Just don't go with Christopher Balzano. <laughs> yeah, I hear that's bad luck. Andrew Lake goes there all the time. If you're, you know, friends with him, you should take, be able to take it no problem. Well, yeah, it's just difficult getting there, but yeah, we we've talked about it. I just haven't had time to go. Well, we could even set it up so you could meet up with Mark, and Mark could take you there too. He's he's one of the most trustworthy individuals we know. So <laughs> I'll take your word yeah, for that. Yeah. I'll take you out there. Sure, Mad knows the way, and uh, yeah, you'll definitely have enough protection. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for the call, Mark. No problem. Thank you. Good night. Yeah. When when they say protection, they mean like protection, like like uh, you're, you're basically going in there with armed guards. Literally. Okay. Well, as, as long as there's armed guards, I'm good with that. So, but you would you would be able to get that even even if uh, you know even if there was nothing to necessarily pick up and hold, you'd be able to get some kind of a sense of of what might have gone on there. Yeah, if I, I mean, if I'm, I have the ability to pick it up, sure. If it's there, I can pick it up. Because uh, I'd love to get my hands on the bastards that did that. <laughs> That's for sure. Well, uh, well, we'll definitely see if Matt can take you out there, and Matt and Mark can take you out there, and we'll find out. And then, you know, you can pass that information on to the authorities and see if it leads anywhere. Because There's a couple other places I'd like to take her to right within, you know, Stone's Throw of that place to see what she picks up as well. See, this is what happens: is you have these <laughs> abilities, and everybody wants to start using you for them. <laughs> That's okay, as long as it's helping somebody. I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. Well, there's, there's, uh, there's the what's it? The cushioned in there, the, the one that's right down there. The yeah, I'd, I'd love to take her to the ledge. Yeah, just she don't was, push her off. No, <laughs> but you can, you can take her down to the inn there and buy her some uh, dinner for all the uh, work that you're making her do. 
I, 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 you know, psychic will work for food, right? Type of thing, just like the rest of us paranormal investigators. Yeah, I would have no problem taking her down there to, you know, buy her buy her dinner and you know what have you. You know, it's it's the least I can do for you, Pam. <laughs> oh, thanks, Matt. I appreciate that. You're welcome. <laughs> and that's what he'll do—the very least that he can do. Oh, thank you, Tim. <laughs> But uh, so, I mean, when you are, you know, when you're doing a reading for somebody, do you ask that they bring, if they're trying to connect with a loved one, do you ask that they bring an object with them that that person might have owned? Does that, does that help in being able to have someone come through? Um, No, because um, it doesn't matter if I have an object. If that person doesn't want to come through, they're not going to come through. It doesn't matter if I have anything. It's it's more like um, the person that wants to connect with them, um, you know, it, they'll be thinking about them. They'll be on their mind anyway. So, um, you know, from my experience, the people on the other side travel with the speed of thought. So if you're thinking about somebody, you know, it brings them forward anyway. So I don't need a pair of pajamas or a pair of eyeglasses or anything like that. You mentioned uh, the bracelet story uh, earlier. Were there some other objects that stand out in your mind as being, um, you know, real good cases of, of where you've been able to pick up what happened based on an object? Um. Well, Matt tried to trick me <laughs> with the trick brick. <laughs> he brought a brick to some place, and he said, there's an object in this room. <laughs> so I went to the ladies' room, and I came back. I said, Lizzie Borden. He looked at me, and he started laughing. So, um, yeah, I mean, I can just, there's been, um, the, the necklace was one of them, the bra- you know, the, uh, the bracelet was another one. Um, I, in fact, this, uh, there was a psychic doing my cards once. This is one of the tests I was, and I knew she wasn't real because I just had a feeling, but I said, I'll sit down and, you know, play with her a little bit anyway, and um, she had this ring on, and she and I said, can I see your ring? So she gave it to me, and I said, and I told her what I saw. I said, you know, I told her I saw a, a um, I don't know what those cellar holes are that are in the ground, but they're uh, attached to the house. What are those called? The like doors. A, the bulkhead doors? Yes, the okay. bulkhead. There was a bulkhead, and I could see the red house, and there was a pair of work boots, and I just explained the whole thing, and she just sat there with her mouth open. And I still had to pay her, but, you know, that was beside the point. And that was just from holding her ring. And I said, you found this in the sand on a beach, and I described the whole thing, and she was just like, oh, my God. So, um, you well, know. I want to take a step back here for a minute to the to the brick store that you were mentioning. Matt brought a brick from Lizzie Borden's, and <laughs> yes. is, that, is that what happened? And yeah. He brought it to a different location? and Yeah, we were actually at, uh, what, the Spirit Connections um, yeah. Um, yeah. event. Yeah. Yeah, and it was, you know, he had several objects on a table, and um, when I came in, they were talking to another psychic and, um, or a medium, I'm sorry, and uh, she had picked up on a couple of things in the room, so they were just, they were having the discussion as I walked in, and and, uh, both him and Andrew looked at each other and said, uh, yeah, let's see if Pam can figure out what it is, and that's all they said, so I was kind of laughing, and you know, after a couple of minutes, I went to the ladies' room and I came back out and I said, I looked at the brick and I was touching it and I said, Lizzie Borden. <laughs> floored me. At me. <laughs> it floored me. Just a regular, ordinary brick. <laughs> so, but it, yeah. yeah, it came from Lizzie Borden's basement. Well, uh, we have a call on the line, and if you'd like to call in with a question for Pam, you can do so at 508 996 0500. 1-877-996-1420. You can also email us, SpookyCrew, at SpookySouthCoast.com or jump in the chat room on Spooky TV at SpookySouthCoast.com as well. Let's go right to the call. Good evening. You are on Spooky South Coast with Pam Padalano. How are you? Hi. How are you doing? Oh, we are spooked actually. you have a question for Pam? 
Yeah, I was wondering how else you can hold a PM besides uh, Facebook, because I don't do Facebook. So how would I contact her or get in touch with her? Um, well, you can you can uh, send me an email if you'd like. At um, Can I give my email address? Sure. Sure. It's um, pampatalano at yahoo.com. And how do you spell your last name? It's P-A-T-A-L-A-N-O. P-A-P-A-L-A-N-O. No, P A T like Tom A. P A T A. Yes. Okay. L A N O. Yes, and just include your phone number too, please. At yahoo.com? Yes. Okay. Um, I just have a um, question about, like you said, your children have um, disability as well. Yes. I, I was just wondering, how, how does that work? Does anybody know? Is it in the soul's DNA? I mean, is it hereditary? How is that passed on? Um, it's, well,. In my family, it's definitely hereditary. My grandmother was a, a psychic, and she practiced um, table tipping, and, and she read cards and um, did all that. Um, unbeknownst to me, I, I only found this out a couple of months ago, actually, because I had asked a family member um, if anybody in our family uh, had the ability, and he just kind of smiled at me, and he said, yeah, yeah, grandmother was a psychic. Well, a long time like, kept secret, wasn't it? Yeah, I, after well, you've been going through all these years of those experiences, yeah. you finally found out. <laughs> yeah, well, she died when I was four months old, so there was no way to, oh, know, I see. Yeah, well. to know. But yeah, that was pretty interesting. So in my family, it's definitely been passed down from you know person to person. Awesome, really enjoying the show. Thank you very much. Well, thank you. Okay, bye bye. Have a good night. Again, that's uh, Pam Patalano at Yahoo dot com. P a t a l a n o. And uh, that's the way if people get a hold of you again, they should include their phone number so that you can get back to them? Yes. All right. Yes, please. And get, going back to some of these objects that we're talking about, now you mentioned that they, they have these vibrations to them, and that's how you're able to pick this up. I mean, I, I guess if we break down objects to what they are, uh, they're really just a bunch of atoms smashing against other atoms, and that's how we get solid objects. Uh, so when... When is this energy like imprinted on the surface of them? Is it something that they absorb? I mean, how how do they actually hold on to these energies that people are placing onto them? Well, every I think every I mean I don't think I know every object everything in the universe has a has an energy field, mm-hmm. um, you know that that radiates around it, and these things and these impressions and and memories and emotions all exist within that energy field. So it's not necessarily inside, you know, inside the object, but it exists on the outside of the energy, um, because that's what I read. I mean, I read energy, like you know, when I touch somebody, or you know, I can see their auras, and I can see what's going on if they're sick. I can see, you know, red, um, and it's the same thing in uh, in an object. Um, you know, I'll, there's a, there's a constant. I, I don't know. I call it a movie a movie projection going around it. You know, so I can pick up on these different different clips, so to speak, um, even on objects. So let's, so let's say that if it's something that has passed over through many hands or maybe it's a family heirloom or something and there's a lot of attachments to it, are you able to decipher those or do you kind of just pick up on whatever one might be the strongest or might they all come through and you kind of have to filter them out? Um, sometimes, you know, it's, it's been on a rare occasion that all of them come through. Um, that I do have to decipher them out. But for the most part, um, objects are, you know, coveted by people. Um, some people more so than others. They love an object. They hate an object. Whatever the strongest emotion that the person had 
attached to this object is usually what I pick up on it. I mean, it doesn't matter if 20 people owned it, but that one person that, you know, carried that thing around with them everywhere they went, um, that's usually the one that I'll pick up on uh, is that one. It doesn't matter if she was the fourth person out of 20 that owned it. You know, that's the one that I pick up on. And sometimes I can see, you know, many of them, depending on how much everybody loved this particular object. We, we know that uh, children will have a favorite toy, something that they make an attachment to. Uh, and we also know that they are able to see through the veil a little bit easier than adults can. Is, is there any kind of reason, you know, psychometrically speaking, why they might be connected to a particular uh, toy or connected to a particular stuffed animal? Is there some sort of connection made at that level, or is it kind of just that's just what their, what their crutch is? Well... And that's kind of, I, I can't really speak to that too much because mm-hmm. I'm not sure about it, but I know that, um, you know, kids like under the age of four, um, most kids under the age of four are very, um, I don't want to say psychic, you know, quote unquote, but have the ability to um, connect to the other side or connect to whatever might be standing in front of them that the adults don't see because they, um, their energy is very pure. They vibrate at a very high level. Um, all the time, because I mean, a lot of a lot of kids who grow up who aren't psychic have, you know, their their parents will tell me when they were young they saw my aunt and uncle that died. Um, you know, they were talking to somebody. We heard them on the baby monitor. I mean, that's happened. I can't even tell you how many times. Um, so, you know, kids' emotion is a little bit different than ours, and I don't pick up on a lot of children's emotion. Um, sometimes attached to dolls. That's like a big thing. Um, dolls or um, what was the other thing? Beanie Babies. Uh, it, of all things to pick up and, and get an image was a Beanie Baby. Um, and I did at the, the house that I actually met Andrew at. Was, uh, her daughter had some Beanie Babies, and they had a lot of energy attached to them. So I have um, a whole attic full of them. I don't want you to tell me uh, what the energy <laughs> is attached to them. I want you to tell me if they're still worth anything. <laughs> Because I spent a lot of money collecting those things, and that market did not pan out, let me tell you. <laughs> no, it didn't. <laughs> the other place that should be great to bring to would be like a used car lot. Find the best used car on the lot. <laughs> <laughs> Which one's Christine? <laughs> That's what I want to know. Are there any particular objects that seem to uh, carry these attachments with them more than anything else? I mean, is there anything that there's always strong ties to? Um, well, rings, gold rings. In particular, um, uh, gold hold, holds on to energy the best out of any metal that I that I've ever touched. Because it's um, one of the best sterling. conductors. Oh, it's great, but it does. It holds on to energy. Um, that and um, uh, not just rings. There was something. Oh, diamonds. Diamonds too. Uh, if I can, I can hold a diamond ring and get an impression of who had it or who owned it, or you know what the person looked like, their name. Um, um, and furniture has a, has a lot, you know, old furniture in, in particular, not not the new stuff, but stuff that's made out of real wood. Mm-hmm. You know, not the IKEA particle board couches. No, no, not no. Really, it does because like the the wood has is still alive at in, to some degree and has energy around it and it holds on like you know like super glue kind of thing. So. So uh, it's interesting that you say diamonds uh, are able to hold on to the energy because I'm sure they hold on the love and the admiration of the women who owned them and the hatred and resentment of the men that had to spend <laughs> all that money on them. Well, I guess you could put it like that, Matt. I mean, Tim, I'm sorry. That's all right. 
I don't even know. People up all the time. <laughs> Thank you. I need to laugh tonight. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, I guess the good the good thing to being able to do this though is, you know, it must be easy for you to relive a lot of memories in your life to just be able to hold on to the objects and and make that connection. You know, say that there's a loved one who's. I mean, not that you can't communicate with them anyway, but if you just want a simple reminder, you can pick something up and, and get that instant feeling from somebody. You know, what we might feel as nostalgia, you can actually see before your eyes. Um, yeah, but I don't, I don't need to pick up an object. I have like a, I have a, not a photographic memory, but it's, um, I, I don't know, I, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like a sense of smell or, or, or a noise would bring me back to that place immediately, and I can remember everything, the colors, the smells, the time of day it was, the time of year it was, and it's just, you know, um, so. And I don't know if that's because I'm psychic or, it's, you know, because my mind is, my brain is messed up. I have no idea which it is, but <laughs> <laughs> it's great, though, sometimes. Well, here's a question from uh, Low Battery Dave in the chat room. He wants to know if when you're uh, holding these objects and you're, you're able to visualize these spirits, if you can make the determination if what's attached to them is a human entity or maybe a non-human entity, because we've, we've heard stories of attachments of non-human entities uh, to some objects. Are you able to make that determination? Yes, absolutely. And is that in what you see? Um, not so much as what I see, because they can trick you into letting letting you think you know they're human and they're not. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just a sense, you know, a sense of I don't even it's like a, a, discern- sense. Like a discernment kind of. Um, yeah, it, but it, but it's um, humans give off a certain sense to me, um, something that's not human or alien or whatever um, gives off a totally different vibration, totally different vibration. So, you know, I, I would know. That makes me wonder about something. Are you able to pick up on things like, say you were to pick up an animal's chew toy, can you key in on what the animal was uh, thinking, if if that's possible? Um, you understand not really. Person? Yeah, I do. But, no, I, I've never been able to... Um, um, like you pick know. up a particular horse's bridle or something and feel something about the animal? It only no. works with humans? Uh, well, for me, it only works with humans. I mean, I can see what animal had it. I can see what he looked like or, you know, what it was. But to get inside its head and figure out what it was thinking, absolutely, no, I can't. I can't do that. So that I can't do. <laughs> okay, that, that answers my question because there are some people that are animal psychics as right. they say but no you're just able to pick up on the animal maybe the the color of it or maybe its name or something exactly okay. exactly nothing more than that all right mm-hmm. i think when you know when I, when i go through flea markets yard sales pawn shops whatever i go through i find that i'm kind of drawn to certain objects it's like it's like i know when to go to one because i'm going to find what it is either that i'm specifically looking for or something that is something that i collect or something that i need at that time i I don't spend a lot of it's almost like I, i don't spend a lot of frivolous trips to these places i always seem to come back with something whether it be something that i can use something i was looking for something that i you know resell Mm-hmm. So uh, it seems like I'm drawn to these objects, maybe. And is that something that happens to a lot of people? Are they drawn to the vibrations of objects for for a particular reason? Well, they are, but you have to be, um, you know, your vibration needs to be a little bit higher in order to be able to do that as well. 
because um, that's like your instinct telling you, you know, you need to go to this flea market today and you're going to find exactly what you want kind of thing. Um, so it's your instinct. So you've learned how to listen to your instinct and not use your, not use your head so much or your logic so much. Um, so, and that's really what it's, you know, that's really the trick is to learn how to use your instinct and learn how to use your senses um, to be able to do this. Um, you know, so it's not all, you know, it's not all magic and, you know, smoke and mirrors and, mm-hmm. you know, it's, um, you're actually learning how to use your senses. And some people are just so busy with their lives, they could care less, they don't, they don't want to, they don't listen to their gut, they don't, you know, um, follow their intuition, so to speak. Um, but it, it is, it's all about your intuition and using your senses and, you know, obviously you do that. So that's well, a good thing. Another question from the chat room is, you mentioned sure. being able to turn off this ability. How do you turn it off? Because, uh, as this person pointed out, you're not going to want to go into a hotel room and re- realize everything that ever happened in that bed you're about to sleep in. <laughs> Sometimes we have visual evidence, and you don't need to have any kind of uh, abilities. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, how do you turn it off? What is the process for you? I mean, is it as, is it as simple as saying, I don't want to know? Um, no, well, I mean, it could be that simple, but, you know, I make sure that... Um, I have a process how I turn it on, and then there's a process, you know, I'll go in and turn it off. Like, And I'll just tell you quickly, I'm not going to go through the whole thing because mm-hmm. that's, you know, my kind of thing. But, you know, I, I just uh, you know, I have this room that I go into in my mind, and, you know, I go through a whole circle of lighting 100 candles, um, each one individually. And as the room fills up with the white light, and that's my protection, and that puts my shield up so that I can, you know, use my ability um, in the same way, when I'm done, I'll go into that room and I'll blow each candle out in my mind until it's off, and that shuts it off for me. Um, I know that sounds strange to some people, but that's what you know. That's what works for me. Um, and then it, you know, then it then it just shuts off until I want it to come back up. Unless I come in contact with somebody who's stronger than I am, um, you know, psychically, and then that my shield will come down. You know, it's really hard to keep it up when you're with somebody that can, you know, dig in better than I can. Here's another question uh, from Tropical Wolf in the chat room. Have you ever uh, had to have an object cleanse in some way because you didn't get what, you didn't like what you were getting from the object? Have you ever had to try to remove whatever energy is attached to an object? Um, I'm trying to think if I did. Well, first question is, would you be able to if you needed to? Oh, yeah, I can do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, there, I, I'm trying to think. I lived in New Jersey for a while, and I had bought a um, curio cabinet, um, and the energy on it was pretty low when I got it. So, you know, I, it didn't bother me until I got it into my house. Um, so then I had to, cl- I had to clean it because I loved it, and I didn't want to give it away. So uh, I don't know what was attached to it, but it wasn't, it, it wasn't of this world. Let's just put it that way. And, oh. um, you know, so I, I did have to clean. I still have it, actually. And now it's clean. It doesn't have any more energy attached to it. So, um, And my son, who's psychic, when he was, like, two, he was probably one when I bought it, he wouldn't even go in the room that it was in until I cleaned it. Well, <laughs> we have about uh, 10 minutes left in the show, so if you have any questions, if you want to give us a call, 508 996 500 one eight seven seven nine nine six fourteen twenty. You can also email us spooky crew at spooky or jump in the chat room on spooky TV, spooky One question that I want to ask while we're on the topic of you know being able to clean objects, cleanse them. Uh, what about new things that come from the store? I mean, 
manufactured, put right on the shelf, but they're still going to have attachments to them from those who have touched them, those who have shipped them, those who have stocked them. Do you ever need to cleanse anything that you're bringing into your house that's brand new? Uh, No, not really. I mean, you know what? I probably should, but I don't. I mean, because it's not the energy attached to it isn't that that strong. Nobody has really owned it and loved it, and, you know, it's not... um, it's not scary energy, so only scary energy I would get rid of. I got a question for you. Sure. How about your thoughts on holding on to holy relics? Because yeah. I have access to several. Would you be you mean, interested? Um, you mean to re- to give you a reading on them? Yeah. Well, what, would you be opposed to holding on to, say, uh pieces of various saints and uh or part of i think what matt's asking is would you be afraid to tell somebody if it wasn't what they thought it was if it wasn't a holy relic is that is that what you mean by asking her if she'd be willing to do it well like i said i have access to some of these through uh people i know in the clergy for many 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 years these are we know that these relics come from this it's the patents isn't in question yeah no that no i can that doesn't bother me i can do that Okay. I'm always a little I always have some trepidation about holy relics even even you know ones that are owned by the church. I have there can only be so many so many pieces of the original cross. Uh, I actually have access to one of those, believe it or I, not. There can only be so many. Even if it's the size of a toothpick, there can only be so many of them. It's actually right. about smaller than the size of a piece of rice, but that's beside the point. <laughs> well, and you wouldn't would you wouldn't have any problem if somebody thought that something was attached to an object you wouldn't have any problem telling them if that wasn't the case oh absolutely yeah no I don't have a problem telling telling them that no. not not in particular for these objects just any object in general no no if I feel like somebody needs to know then I will definitely tell them um you know if it's something bad or something good or you know if if they if they if they bring me something and they have one belief and I find out that there's something else, I don't have a problem telling them that. Because people should know. You know, I, I think people should know. 90, 90% of the time, people should know. Do you find that uh, in some cases when people are ready to pass on or you know, maybe be, as a result of passing on that they do attach their spirit to an object willingly, that they, you know, they, they love something so much that they want to continue to be a part of it? Um. No, because, you know, if, if they love something that much, their energy is attached to it anyway. Um, but for the most part, I've never, you know, run into somebody who's willingly put their, put themselves on an object, you know. Um, they're usually attached to it if they loved it anyway. So when we talk about, like, the haunted objects that I'm researching now for the book, are we talking about something that might have the person's whole spirit attached to it, or is it just part of their essence remains behind and somehow the object is able to convey that to us? Um, well, it's both. I mean, I, I, um, I worked on, um, a case in South County, actually, with Andrew, and, um, there was an ejection seat that there is actually a pilot attached to, and he won't leave it. I mean, physically, he's there, you know, and I've had conversations, a couple of conversations with him. Um, and then, you know, I've seen objects that it's just an essence of a person. So when I read it, you know, I get a name. I don't see the person because the person's really not attached to it, but they're, you know their essence is definitely there. Um, so, you know, it just depends on the object and the situation. 
what must it be like for you to go through, say, John Zaffis's museum or <laughs> Lorraine Warren's museum to to go to all these haunted and possessed objects and have to roam around through them? I mean, is it is it no different than you walking around a regular flea market or a regular museum? Yeah, there's no difference because you'd be surprised what's haunted and what's not. <laughs> there's there's no difference. It's just how you handle it, you know, just how you handle it. And speaking of handle it, though, you do have to handle it to be able to tell. You couldn't just tell from a photograph of an object. Um, sometimes I can tell from a photograph, but I meant handle it in, in a in a sure I know, you know that kind of way. But no, sometimes I can just stand near an object. If it's giving that much off that much energy, it'll come right into my field, and I can just tell you, you know. I don't even need to touch it. So you, sort of like a brick. <laughs> so you're not sure. You know what's funny? Not gonna, is, you're not going to let that go, are you? <laughs> that messed with my head. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So you're not going to be able to go on on eBay with me and you know tell me if the the doll that sells for five dollars and then the other one that sells for two hundred dollars because they claim it's haunted, even though they're the same doll. <laughs> you're not going to tell me if it's a hundred ninety five dollars worth of ghost. Unless I can touch it. No, that I'd have to touch. I can't just look through the television to tell you that. That's that's one of the things that drives me crazy in researching the stuff for this book is just uh, how people have something that's worth nothing, and then they put Haunted on it, and it sells for like $200. Well, I, I, I'm guessing how to make money, huh? And it's amazing because if the people actually got a ghost on that stuff, they, they would want, you know, they'd want to pay somebody $200 to get rid of it. So it's kind of funny, but anyway. All right, well, Pam, we thank you for joining us tonight. Again, we'll give out your email address if people want to get a hold of you. It's uh, pampatalano at yahoo.com, P-A-T-A-L-A-N-O. Yes. And they can also get a hold of you, of course, on Facebook. And uh, you're linked up to my Facebook as well. So if, uh, if you can't find Pam, just get a hold of me, and I'll point you in the right direction. You can also email us, spookycrew at spookysouthcoast.com, and we can forward the information on to Pam as well. Thank you so much for joining us. We hope now we can actually bring you on board and get you out into the field uh, for some of the – the uh, investigations that we have, and, and I would love to bring, uh, we have Jill uh, in the chat room who actually loaned me uh, Claire the doll, so you know we'd love to have you hold Claire and see if you pick up anything off her. I want to know if she's mad at me. <laughs> okay, I can tell you that. All right, sounds good. All right, thank you, Pam, for joining us. All right, thanks a lot, guys. Right, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Right, Pam. All right, bye-bye. Again, that is Pam Patilano. She is a psychic medium, and she's been on uh, Spirit Connections with Tiffany Rice for the last couple of weeks. If you want to go back on the archives and check those episodes out, you can just go to our Ustream page on Ustream.tv, or if you go to Spooky TV at SpookySouthCoast.com and just click on the, the uh, window there whenever we're not broadcasting live, it'll take you back to the archives as well. Speaking of which, we have uh, I've been in some discussions this week with a couple people about some new programs coming to Spooky TV. And I know it seems like we say all the time, we're in discussions for some programs to come. Sometimes they come to fruition, sometimes they don't. Sometimes people are excited about it, and then they realize that it's you know not for them. Uh, but uh, the show that I've been in discussion with, if everything works out, should be really interesting. And uh, we have also, definitely for sure, the Demonology Show is coming in the next few weeks. So stay tuned for that. That's going to be fantastic. And I will I will say it's Jeanette and Bob Osborne who are going to be the hosts of All our right. show. Cool. So even though um there you know there's there's some things going on there, but they we will have Jeanette on the show soon, Jeanette and Bob to talk about that as it uh, comes about. And also maybe you want to host a show on Spooky TV, just let us know. We've got uh, plenty of broadcasting time available, so just give us uh, email just shoot us an email, spooky crew at spookysouthcoast.com and we can set it up if you have something to say. And you want to say it, that's the, the platform to do so. It doesn't have to be video either. You can do just audio if that's how you want to do it. But uh, we encourage the video aspect of it because, you know, it's called Spooky TV. So there you go. 
All right. Next week, I'm not sure what's going on uh, for next week's show, but I know coming up in the next few weeks, we're going to have Wayne Morrison on to talk about the 15th anniversary of Rock for Christmas. Tickets are already available for those shows if you go to rock4xmas.com. It's going to be some big shows here in the South Coast. We're going to have Cafe Funchal is coming up uh, December 1st, is it, Matt? The Funchal show? Uh, yep. And on the Thursday night, and uh, the tickets for that are only going to be, uh, I think, ten dollars. Ten dollars, fifteen at the door. Fifteen at the door, and Corey Glover will be the headliner. Also, Joey Mullen of Badfinger, Kelly Keeling, Terry Luce. You know, so there's going to be so many great stars there. So stay tuned. We'll be talking about that all in the coming weeks, and uh, you'll be able to rock for Christmas and help out the Standard Times Neediest Families Fund, which uh, benefits the Red, uh, the Salvation Army. So we'll be back next week to talk about the paranormal, and uh, let's see. Thanksgiving's going to happen before we're back here, huh? Oh, yeah. It's getting uh, getting to be that holiday season. So we hope that everybody out there has a happy and healthy Thanksgiving holiday. Uh, we will accept donations of turkey sandwiches uh, next Saturday night, so just bring them by the studio. Until then, for Matt Costa, for Matt Moniz, for Chris Balzano, I'm Tim Weisberg. Stay spooktacular. <laughs>